Hey everyone, we're back here with the Sister Co podcast with my sister Sarah and myself Ellie and today we're going to be talking about weight. Oh yes, we're going to be debunking that word which often we probably find ourselves fixating on is weight. So here we go. Somehow we got used to the problems. Baby we All right. Hey Sarah. Bye. Hi, Hi everyone. So good to be back. We've had a bit of a break, but we are back rolling with things. And as what my sister and I do, we are just kind of rolling conversations that we've had with ourselves. And last week we brought up an interesting topic on weight. Now, how this was brought about was um, I had to go to like, we've just shifted and you have to go to the doctors and they have to do like their little doctory get to know you. I don't know what it was really. I just had to see the nurse so I could actually be enrolled. Check. Yeah. And anyway, um, I don't own scales. Sorry, doesn't get that. Um, <laughs> I myself, as some of you know, um, I suffered with anorexia in my teen years, which I was fixated on weighing myself. Um, and since coming out of that, I personally don't have scales in the house because I don't find it healthy for myself. Um, but anyway, I don't I either. Got, <laughs> no, yeah. Anyway, the doctors weighed me and I realized that. Me- Man, I put on like seven kg in like a three month span and it actually really threw me for the day. It got me in a real downer, even though I feel pretty good in myself. It was weird how a scale could suddenly change my mood, my perception of myself. And I really had to actually do some digging and being like, what is going on for this just to trigger like that? And I mentioned it to my sister. Um, is that you always have to have someone to <laughs> you've got yeah. to get it out of your head sometimes. Yeah, totally. Um, and like, to be honest, like I've been on a bit of a health journey with my um, thyroid after COVID really crashed and um, I've been trying to rebalance some of my levels. Um, and I have actually been focusing on really gaining strength in my body as well. And I just loved how Sarah kind of reminded me like, and I know this, that often muscle weighs more than fat right yeah and I think sometimes we but it's just I think really how sometimes we can get fixated on that weight word which is not really about our weight it's more about being healthy and being comfortable in our own bodies and being strong is so much more important than this fixation of the scales yeah or even just body size um there's a bit more going on in the background there I'm not quite sure you know you want to fill in in return in terms of health and oh yeah totally yeah. okay so I've got Hashimoto's underactive thyroid joys to the yeah lots of joys <laughs> so um my thyroid crashed so I needed to like double my medication we also I went to a um what would you call Tessa Jones it's a functional doctor I kind of say it's a naturopath yeah, doctor. Um, they're, they're either, yeah, functional integrated doctor. It's it's a doctor that is holistically trained, but also conventionally trained. So a, a doctor that can actually bring a holistic approach into your medical experience. Yeah. In medical so, health care. Is what I'm yeah. Because what I kind of find is sometimes... Um, like I totally understand, um, you know, and respect doctors are the normal practices. I just don't know how they do it in 15 minute sessions. Actually, I have to really unpack what's going on in your health. I feel for them because I know that they struggle with that. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the guidelines, um, I'm not sure across the world, and especially in New Zealand, where they say, if you're in this guideline, you're okay. And quite often you're on the bottom of the cliff and it's okay. Um, so my bloods from the functional doctor came back. My iron was very low, but if I did see a normal doctor, they'd probably be like, mm, you're just at the end. Um, similar with my thyroid had really crashed the last couple of months, but my medication never got put up, um, which needed to be put up. And my DHEA level. So some of these things I had to look up, I'm like, what are they? Yeah, so they, these, are, these are good, good fats and your body's ability to absorb uh, vitamin D. Yeah, so that yeah. was really low for me, which is quite, yeah. I guess, shocking because I believe, like, I feel like I lead quite a healthy, active lifestyle, but it's amazing how if you've got some other underlying things happening in your body, and especially I think what Sarah and I really realized, the stress and trauma of your childhood, your body holds on to these things a lot longer than your mind. 
Yeah, and and it makes you, um, and I've talked about you know in previous podcasts uh, or touched on it at least sensitivity. Um, but when you're exposed to high amounts of stress uh, through childhood, it actually makes you um, more sensitive to stress. It's like your body, your body detects that it it senses stress a lot more quickly and will alarm to that stress. Um, so in a way, it probably could be, uh, you know, looked at as like less resilient, but I don't like to think of it in that way. It's more that in a stressful, chaotic childhood environment, having a, a you know, nervous system, you know, on high alert actually is, it really served us in that, you know, space to survive. It was the resources that we had access to. So, you know, I'd like to flip the idea or the, you know, that, that kind of um, mindset that sensitivity is a resilience issue. It's, it's a resource issue. It's a support issue. It's not... You know, it's not <laughs> the inability to handle difficult situations. It's actually, it's actually having to endure, you know, challenging times for too long a periods of time, too fast, too soon, too much. Um, and it's learning to actually unhook from that. So um, not everyone is wired the same way in terms of their nervous system. For those who have had or resonate on that on that level for something, that the approach of um, exposing yourself to more difficult and challenging situations <laughs> will actually double down on that and will give you um, like even you'll be experiencing even less resistance to the burden of that load. So we really need to kind of switch quite a lot of this thinking around mm. um, and be really kind to ourselves, you know, well, ultimately, yeah, when you look at it in the bigger scheme of things of like how you're experiencing your world right now isn't, um, isn't because that isn't because that you're not good enough, you're not resilient enough. Or you know that you're actually just doing the best you can with the resources that you that you have, and the fact that you're here mm. is is really amazing. And the fact that you've actually come, you know, where you've come and experienced what you've experienced is is really you know um, you know a, a testament to your to your willpower because you have to have really strong willpower and I know there'd be some people out there listening to this and thinking that they have zero willpower but when your <laughs> nervous system you know when your nervous system is already in this overdrive you have to actually um, access um, way more willpower than someone else whose nervous system isn't excited this way or is sensitive this way yeah. so yeah, going back to Ali and her um, health is that there was other things going on um, yeah. in a way that was kind of affecting this too. So there was, uh, you mentioned like all these levels, there was quite a few different kind of nutrient yeah. levels of deficiency. Yeah. And and Ali was like, you know, this is this is was a surprise because Ali does actually eat a very, very yeah, healthy diet. And that was huge for me because it's almost like explaining it to some other people. You get the perception, they're like, oh, but you're so healthy. You should be totally fine. And it's mm. actually, well, I've actually got to a part of my life where I'm actually so self-aware, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I'm super self-aware and I knew something wasn't right in my body. I knew mm. that I felt just really, I was really struggling by the end of the day. I was feeling very fatigued and I just knew in my body that there was some there was more than just my thyroid playing up I knew it was my yeah. thyroid but I'm like there's some other underlying things so the DHEA was another one for me um, and also what they call a dosterone which totally makes sense and I looked it up and it's basically I've been living in dehydration my body hasn't been absorbing um, fluid so I've had to really up my salt intake because it's, it's that's, a, that's a side of that and that's a side effect yeah. that's a side effect of 
um, um, adultazone is actually like cortisol. It's an adre like adrenaline. So it, and that is um, like processing. This is something I'm recently that I've actually learned is that that's all happening. Uh, excuse everyone. My my physiology is a bit rusty, but, <laughs> but in terms of in terms of like fluid in the body, usually the um, the kidneys are involved with um, filtration, but the kidneys also release cortisol, like adrenaline. Yeah. So if you are um, uh, also like a, a little bit activated, if you your nervous system is just wired a little bit more toward the stress on the spectrum of, of things. And we just referenced like that, an example of that could be like chaos at, in childhood. Like um, stress could be normal for you, right? Like you could feel like living, living at a fast pace is something that you need to do. Um, and that's actually giving you feedback. I'm a recovering, recovering stressaholic. <laughs> I think I didn't realize, I think for me, for so many years, I didn't realize that I was living in stress because it was just normal for me. And I actually functioned quite well in it um, until I hit the wall. Um, but we don't want to be living there and we don't want to. So really for me, my, my desire at the moment is just slowing life down, especially slowing it down for my family. And it's actually, it's, that's actually a challenge for me is slowing yeah. down is, is something I have to be really intentional about. And I really have to look at my week and be like, okay, this is my capacity. This is all I can take on this week. And that's it for me at the moment. And I'm actually okay with that in this season. And I have to be strong in myself um, not to feel, uh, I think a lot of us sometimes can feel shameful when we're not keeping up with the Joneses, if you know what I mean, like keeping yeah. up with what we feel like we should be keeping up. But once again, everyone is in a different season at a different pace and we have to respect each other in that, especially as us females and mums. I think we really need to come to a place where we're like, I see you and where you're at is actually okay. Like, yeah. Don't always. Yeah. 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 Like um, I think we need to be each other's cheerleaders. We really yeah. need to support one another in this kind of high pace, high rush area, who knows? I feel like parenting is just taken to a whole nother level in this yeah. um, technology era that we're having to parent through. It is not easy. And I think we don't need to be judging or criticizing one another, but actually saying, hey, I'm here for you, even though I can't. I, I think for me, that's been hard um, being there for people where I want to be, but I'm not in that capacity at the moment. So at the moment, I'm like, hey, like, I do really care about you. Yeah. I can't do physical things for you right now. But hey, if you yeah. want to go for a walk once in a while, like I'm totally down for that. And for me, it's learning those boundaries all over again. Oh, yeah. in different seasons. We just had this conversation just before we got on um, <laughs> in relation in relation to relationships, you know, and loving relationships. Yeah. Um, I had a family member ask me, you know, uh, in terms of like, you know, about another family member going, oh, you know, I want to give support, but I don't know how to do that. Isn't that just like, it? don't we all feel like that? You know, I want to give support. I don't know how to do that. I don't want to say the wrong thing. And then quite often you don't, there's, then the support doesn't necessarily get communicated. Um but isn't isn't just saying that perf perfect? Like, if if someone, I mean, I I love like if someone came to you and said said, look, I love you, and I want to support you. This is my capacity at the moment. This is what you know. I, I really want to be there. Although I've got this going, you know, just to be raw, it's like, well, actually, I need support too. It's like, well, I love you and I want to give you support. This is not necessarily a transactional thing. It's just this is my boundaries. This is my capacity. And actually being real with each other of like, I love you with all my heart. But this is what where I'm at right now. Like what that that's what we need to do be with each other we're not necessarily we, we're not going to know what support people needs I mean we can come up with I mean we had a podcast and we talked we, we get, <laughs> had a whole heap but this is like this, an episode about yeah. support yeah but, but this is just to open up conversation and this is to get you thinking hey 
where in my life am I needing these things or how can I be it for someone else and how do yeah. I look after myself that's a huge yeah. how do I look after myself so I can be this fabulous at the moment the only people I can support right now is my family members <laughs> you know that's yeah. my children because that's my capacity yeah. right now and just your your family unit and yeah. and I think that we're all if we're really honest with ourselves most of us are in that situation because yeah. of the load the loads that we're under Um, and this does actually correlate back to this weight thing um Mm -hmm. because I think for some women we can get I've definitely been there I've been so fixated on like um I need to I feel like this is the weight I need to be um for some reason I don't know why we get some numbers stuck in our head I think it's like oh back then I looked so great at this number and I want to head back there but it's never actually I don't know I just feel like my body's changed so much over the last couple of years. And I think I've really shifted uh, my mindset and goals of what I'm wanting. I'm not exercising to get skinny. I mean, I did that in my 10 years. I'm not exercising um, to lose weight. I'm actually doing it as a stress release and to strengthen my body um, and to actually love my body. And I'm definitely building muscles in areas that I haven't built muscle before. And as Sarah's saying, like I was really lacking this DHEA and now I'm probably building a lot more muscle. Well, that's good, good fat. Which is good, but which is really but good. Also, also, too, you mentioned before that um, you, were, you were clinically dehydrated. Yeah. From, yeah. The, from the levels. And, and we are made up of water. Like, <laughs> we're made up of, like, you know, the, the, if you look it up, the exact percentage does change 80, 80. a little bit between it, but it, it's about 70%. Yeah. You know, like we are made up of so much water. If you are dehydrated, naturally to, to be, increase your health or to achieve a state of health, your, your weight's going to go up because of the water. You're going to need the water yeah. for the muscle synthesis. Yeah. Um, and my veins. Like I've, I've had vein issues for, I'm not sure if any other women can relate to this. I've had a lot of vein issues and that's also why I love Pilates so much because it was helping with that circulation, putting my legs in the air, um, get that blood flow down, but they're actually getting painful again. I've had them lasered and since hydrating, the veins have stopped popping up. Like it's crazy. It's obviously didn't have the, you know, um, the fluid volume in there to get the, and like, I was yeah. starting to get quite concerned, like, oh, I'm going to have to contact someone again. Um, but simply from drinking water and salt, <laughs> um, I've actually done water and kelp. Um, I've had kelp and water, um, deep mineral sea salt. Um, I've also been using, it's from BioTrace. It's a um, liquid little drops hydration, super affordable from Health 2000. I found yeah. that really helpful doing, especially um, first thing in the morning or before I go to bed at night. Just- good, good for a low thyroid needing iodine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there'll be people out there who have hypothyroid. They'll have to kind of steer away a little bit from the, the iodine, but um, a great way of getting some extra nutrients in. Yeah. And yeah. I think for so many of us, I'm like, there's just some little probably, um, you know, there's the little things that we just tweak in our health or discover that do really make a huge difference. But I've been thinking about it. I'm like, I think a lot of us are dehydrated just in general. I don't think we consume enough water, yeah. um, which does really affect our sleep, affects our well-being, affects our mental clarity. Mm. Because we're just rushing around so much, we're not consuming and stopping. So I've really found it um, like being intentional to have these four glasses of big water with these extra added things into it. Um, I've kind of taken it as a time just to stop, not just gulp it down the kitchen, but to actually sit and absorb the water and take that time as a little bit of a, a self time for me. I think that's a huge thing that I've kind of with the kids and like, this comes back to the whole white thing too. Like I've just been rushing around, like standing in the kitchen, shoveling my breakfast in, grabbing a snack here, running here and not actually taking the time to sit, let my body absorb the food, the nutrition, what it needs to, um, and love it that way. Like I have been eating healthy, but probably not, I think eating healthy and rushing our poor metabolism is just like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I think that your body can go either way because I resonate so much with that too, is that it depends on how your body deals with stress, Yeah, that you can actually be holding a lot of inflammation weight 
yeah. as well when you for me um and recently I've gotten out of the habit of going to bed early like just I'm trying to bring that one back I'm too. trying to bring it on um August is my August is uh getting back Leap into the month. habit of that again <laughs> definitely um is going to bed for me that is like my Achilles heel like if I yeah. if I you have me yeah 10 a 10 p.m is yeah. if I get to bed but if I wait to 11 I actually notice drastic health I my mental health myself I actually notice a huge decline just that one hour difference yeah yeah. Um, and my just whole mental space is just not fantastic when I'm not getting enough, enough sleep. I mean, I'm I, things are going well. I'm just tired. I'm just tired, and my tolerance is low. And I'm sure a lot of mamas out there um, feel that. And the pressure is even when your youngins like are old enough to go to bed. The pressure is there if you are, you know, um, even if you're not working. I mean, it's just capacity, like running having your own business and like tending to a family, um, you know, just life is you're trying to like squeeze in. That's what I found. I was just trying to like be maximize or, you know, get things done that I couldn't do, especially when at school, I get out of this habit. This happens. This is a pattern for me. You can, you can watch and track this if you like. Um, school <laughs> holidays, see if see if I can kind of uh, <laughs> repattern it. Um, school holidays for me is when I tend to get out of the habit when I'm home um, or I'm with the kids all day, and then I just need some alone time. I start to borrow it from the evening when I need to be going. Once you borrow it from the morning, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that's a huge thing for me too. Is I definitely find if I can get up around. 6 30 quarter to seven and have that little That's little so pocket <laughs> little pocket even yeah. if they're not sleeping they're kind of dosy a little bit yeah. <laughs> um that if I can just get even 15 minutes of um a little bit of movement in for myself it actually drastically changes my day yeah. and I think it's just because I've done that for myself and I'm not trying to fit it in the whole rest of the day just to you know like I think for me it's become a real practice of taking that time of little self-care before the hectic wave comes um and it just it does it really makes a difference to my mental health I just it it just truly does I think I've really gotten a pattern out of out of that when I was my thyroid was really low I was really struggling to get out of bed I was getting up at 7 30 then rushing with the kids to get them ready get them out the door and it was just it just wasn't so calm in the house, but having that extra little time to myself in the morning, I'm a lot calmer. And when I'm calmer, everyone else is calmer. That's just how I find it works in my house. If mama's worked up, I, for some reason, I rise everybody else's levels up. Oh, so yeah, totally. <laughs> I think that it can even be, I really encourage and invite you to try and find, if you haven't already, like to find a little bit of movement in your day. But at the very least, really what it comes down to that that moves the needle is being able to just slow, I'm not saying very, very much, but just slow down just a micro amount enough to to feel like you are giving yourself attention. That's really what it is. It's attention to your tension, attention to your tension that actually resolves the tension. Uh, It it seems really... so simple um and i've been speaking about this quite a bit too with my own clients is that the reason why you know having some time alone in the shower is nice is that actually you are you are paying attention to your body you know unlike my children you are likely to probably clean yourself all over (laughs) which means you're making contact with your body all over every time you place like a touch or hand or attention to one part of your body, you're actually, um, you know, creating a container for yourself. Mm. You're actually forming yourself. You you will feel it's like, you know, going and having, this is easier and more accessible than a massage. You will yeah. feel like you have had like attention to you 
in a way that's whole that gives you a sense of wholeness this is actually a sensory thing too mm -hmm. uh, they call it proprioception it's knowing where you are in space it helps us orientate ourselves into our own bodies so it, it can be so simple if you scrub yourself with a loofer and things just mm -hmm. pay it take it a little bit slower so you're registering the the sense of feeling that attention on your body um, yeah. make it gentle and nice rather than aggressive and uncomfortable like finding the pleasure in it yeah it's um, so good and, 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 and moisturizer too. Yeah, so I was about to say moisturizer. Winter, I've been really shocking with the whole keeping my skin hydrated. And in the last couple of weeks, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take some time to actually moisturize. Because <laughs> sometimes when you're rushing, it's, it's some easy things I miss out to do for myself. But so lately I have really decided, no, I'm going to make sure I moisturize head to toe after my shower and just take the time to actually give a good little, you know, rub around and things. Yeah. And I actually feel like the tension in my body, it, it does, you're right. It really gets that self-regulation happening. It's, 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 it's nervous system yeah. regulation. It actually helps you shift your attention to balance the tension in your body. So it's actually helping you structurally. Yeah, yeah. You, um, I think it's a huge thing we're missing in the whole stress situation and feeling overwhelmed as this whole sensory regulation which I think we'll definitely do some more podcasts on this yeah. um Sarah and I've been talking about this a lot lately it's definitely something that I've kind of been exploring more myself with having um I've got a son that really needs this at the moment he's great you know, for the kids I mean yeah. this is how we got into it is like yeah. more into it for our own kids and then I started using it within my own practice with my yeah. clients I know that I started realizing like I have to regulate because yeah. I need to co-regulate for my children my mm. Like my son the other day, he was really losing it, really finding some things difficult. And I was like, buddy, you really need mommy to help regulate you right now. Like I need to cuddle you because yeah. you need some of mommy's regulation so we can co-regulate together. And yeah. this is something so beautiful we can do as, as a family is you can actually co-regulate as a whole family with a whole family activity. You can actually reduce stress and tension. And I think the more that we reduce that stress and tension in ourselves, the more we become we become more in ourselves. I think you become more self-aware and more self-acceptance. And I think this is more what the whole debunking the weight thing yeah. is actually, you need to shift it to actually, I need to self, I need to accept myself. Cause often when we're focusing on our weight, we're focusing on an external thing and external um, praises, external acceptance in the world because of social media, what we think yeah. we should be like, yeah. instead of being like, Hey, my body might not ever be designed to be a little twiglet. Like I'm not, my structure, my bone structure, my not actually ever was ever anticipated to look like that. And I love looking through history where there was like times in our, I think like 1900s, where actually it was the voluptuous body was the was the sign of health. And yeah, the come, renaissance. Yeah. yeah, we've just come so far away from actually like what is actually a healthy figure is we actually all look differently we're all created differently we all hold weight in different places and it's more about how can I love my body reduce the stress and tension on my body instead of focusing on the weight and how can I nourish and feed myself well so I have that mental clarity and mental resilience and in terms the actual term of weight loss and now if you are if if you follow um, some more like leading edge people in the fitness industry. They're now actually shifting like, um, and, and functional doctors in longevity are now talking about how important muscle mass is. And you will see like a lot of the um, influencers who, yeah. who, who have um, backgrounds in science. <laughs> You know, you know, like um, leading edge science is now they are focusing their attention on muscle building. Okay, so this is the opposite to weight loss. They're actually focusing on gaining, gaining muscle mass, which is actually gaining weight. So this is this is the this is the this is where we're heading. This is where health is, is that we're now actually shifting into a space where um, weight gain is going to be the, the, new, <laughs> the new weight loss. Um, and if you actually look at the, these people look like they are 
fit athletes, right? But it is game. You're talking about women, women like average size who are like over 85 kilos to, you know, that's, it's a completely different, um, you know, mindset shift to like where we have been in these last few, I don't know, decades, I don't know, last hundred years um, of trying to minimize the the female we want to strengthen right we want to we want to be as strong as we can you want as much muscle mass as you can because as we age we we do have you know we don't we're more likely to lose it but that's because we don't move it yeah and the glutes come on women i see it in so many women it's like yeah it's having that glute strength is so important for the hips the pelvic floor your posture Mm Like we really, it's such a big underutilized muscle that's very sleepy if we don't. And for me, like honestly, for years, I was trying to not have a butt, um, trying to burn that butt off. And now I'm totally embracing it. And I've learned to activate my glutes because they were so sleepy. And it's something for me, I'm constantly kind of working on. And since strengthening that area, like the pain in my hips has reduced dramatically. My posture's improved and I just feel stronger. Um, I've been doing a bit of bike riding lately with the kids and I was like, man, I can, I can really feel the strength of my legs in that. I can feel connecting through into the inner thighs. Like I can, I'm just being so aware of how my body's working and what muscles are working. And it's actually quite rewarding. Like I can feel those muscles pushing that bike. I can feel the strength in my legs. And, and that's where after our conversation last week, Sarah, I was thinking, actually, I have really grown the muscles in that area since improving my health, improving that DHEA. Cause I do take a lot of healthy oils in my, um, my diet, like with cod liver, avocados, olive oil, coconut oil. But obviously my body, I said to Sarah, I think everything was just going straight out me. <laughs> and now it's actually being, my body's like absorbing it like a sponge, which is so good for my brain health. Like our brains need those good oils to function properly. Like so much of our body need those good fats. And especially as a teenager from the age of, I think, 12 to 15, I was petrified of fat. I'm talking well, about- if, you, if, if yeah. you know, in our household and we were, you know, this was from a- um, 80s diet a, a medical point of view we actually grew up in a in a household that did very minimal fat like hardly any um but high sugar content is the result yeah. of that yeah. um and i think my body's actually taken a big suffering my development not having those good fats in my younger years um i actually think it has had a lot of implications growing up um not having that for myself and being like, I got to the point where I was actually scared to put moisturizer on me. Cause I knew it had oil in it and like lip balms with like oil. I was like, ah, it's going to make me fat. Like it was so psychotic. <laughs> like looking yeah. back, I'm like, Oh my goodness. I was so fearful. I was so fearful that um, it was like a story, a message that was told in our family. If you became overweight, it was unacceptable and you're not going to be loved. Like that's how I generally felt when I was quite younger that that the love that I was going to um, receive was based on how I looked, how I appeared, and was it acceptable? Um, and that's a, a it's taken quite a few years to unrewrite that story. And definitely, sometimes I can slip back into that, and I have to tell myself that that's not the truth, that that's yeah. not healthy, that's not a healthy version of me, and that's not what I want to put out in the world. And so it's and definitely having children and having daughters of myself, I'm like I want them to have a healthy body image. Yeah. Um, and so they need to see me respecting and loving my body um, just because that's how I want them to treat themselves as well. And not just having a whole, you know, their whole life focus being, you know, uh, <laughs> compared to, you know, focused on, um, you know, what their body size and what their weight was. Like I, I found that it didn't really kind of matter what I did. The only time that was worth celebrating was when I was you know I fit I fit the mold I was skinnier I was you know and and those times that I was small that I was you know um would you say praised for were the, the some of the most unhealthy times of my life you know not hardly eating um, or being so hyper vigilant that it was consumes you it, it consumes me like there was just no time um, 
And that's you know really what I've connected to in the last couple of years is that in the time I was wondering what have I done with my time when I had all these other beautiful passions that I was. Well, actually, really, I spent all my time trying to fit that mold. It's yeah. I think for me definitely I've learned um I think a huge switching point for me in the last couple of years. It's funny enough. Um, to be honest, like my weight has fluctuated quite a bit over the years. Um, and I can look through and see myself from where I was at. But I realized that it was a control thing. I had a real control thing over it. And a few years ago, I was like, I mean, I'm just going to give up this control. Like, this is just not serving me. It's not doing justice for me. And I feel like once I gave up the control, for me, it actually, everything kind of became a bit easier and the weight wasn't the focus. I've actually felt felt the healthiest I've been in years, in the last couple of years. Um, yeah. It's more, because more times I tried to control it and do the diets, do the things, it always backfired. <laughs> like, if you know what I mean? Like it, it was never sustainable. And I think that's kind of where we're doing, Sarah, is like, yeah. it's, it's not about a diet. It's about, it's about, living a life that actually nourishes myself my soul my body my mind my head and trust me I love me I love chocolate I love having some treats and I don't deny myself of those um but it's about it's about loving myself and respecting myself and I find often the times where I am um so we kind of grew up quite I don't know you probably resonate with Sarah I mean we kind of grew up I had really bad binge eating issues. And I think that's kind of what we got shown when we were younger, how you deal with your emotions is that you binge eat. Um, and that's honestly taken years to heal, years. I'd probably only in the last year I've realized I've gotten on top of sometimes it's like, I, have, I can't just eat a roll of chocolate. I have to eat the whole chocolate bar. Um, it's, it's, I've just noticed in the last year, I'm like, oh, I don't actually eat the whole chocolate bar anymore. I can stop at two rows and be like, hey, I feel good. I feel satisfied. I'm okay. And I can walk away. Um, but there was a point where it was almost like, you just, I just had to have it all for some reasons, like all or nothing. And then I'm like, oh, tomorrow I'll diet. Like I'll make up for it tomorrow. Um, and it just wasn't a healthy mindset. And I think a lot of us sometimes can get tr stuck in that cycle um, where we're feeding our emotions because our emotional health isn't being um, attempted to. Is that the word? Yeah, it, we we don't we don't have the resources to tend to uh, you know give ourselves attention that way. Yeah. Um, or, or because we have learned to deny our emotions, that's, you know, that becomes our, <laughs> our way of coping with them versus seeing the emotions and understanding emotions are just our body's way of letting us know a need that needs meeting or, or just expressing. It doesn't always need a response yeah it just needs to be felt yeah. and possibly heard you know in terms of we, we can do this alone but there's times when we need to be emotive together right like grief is something that needs community to move through um and and a lot of this does tie in it's like this is another topic as well but the why, why we end up with any issues or, <laughs> or um, misbeliefs in ourselves or any kind of challenges that we face is that there's spaces in our life where we need community to help us reflect back, you know, who we really are. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's really beautiful. And I think, you know what, there isn't, we don't experience true, true joy if we don't actually experience the grief. Yeah. Like grief actually produces joy. It sounds so backwards, but I think definitely for our last couple of years, we've really realized that grief isn't just this quick thing that you have to do a one, two, three process. Grief is actually a journey. And as we yeah. journey grief, I think we've found I'm more appreciative of the joy in my life and experiencing the joy because I've experienced the grief. Yeah. And it's being able That's to it. sit in that and chat with that with someone, do yeah. the grief journey with someone is so important. And it's nothing, there's no, 
consistent time that you are allowed to grieve for. Um, I think that's what I felt when mum passed away. I was like, okay, after six months, my grief should be finished. Yeah. Um, I really was not. <laughs> I did the one, two, three things everyone told me to do. Um, yeah. I still yeah. grieve her nearly every yeah. day. My children still grieve her and yeah. I want them to be able to grieve her and that, that it's okay. It's yeah. okay to grieve. Um, because when we can do that together, we can show that true vulnerability and that love for one each other is really important. And I feel like so many of us stuff that grief down. It doesn't have to be grief of a loved one. Um, grief can be so many little things. And I think that's kind of where we define grief is this yeah. has to be something big, but yeah. it doesn't. It really doesn't. I've noticed it, it undermines our own experience too, because I think that we do that too in trauma. We undermine our own hard experiences and we gaslight ourselves into yeah. like that that either we're not good enough or it's not as bad as someone else's even though it hurts us so deeply mm. um it's all it it all matters yeah. um and the body holds on to that. Like the yeah. body starts to hold on to that. And you've like, man, why am I shifting? Like, why am I holding this area in my body just holding on to so much stiffness, so much it might be weight for you? Like, why is my body holding on to that? And the body's like, hey, I'm trying to process something still. I, I think I think I've got a little kind of my my sort of like feeling or like my my felt theory about our obsession with weight loss is. Um, is, is, a, is, is a compensation because yeah. we, 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 we want to shed the sense of loss. You know, we want to unburden ourselves from life, right? Or like um, shift the focus. Like we don't want to deal with this grief. So we're going to, I'm just going to put all my focus and energy into losing weight. Yes. And then feeling um, like the heaviness we feel in our body, we want to shift that, right? We want to get rid of the heaviness in our body and we associate it with the weight. We've just, we've, we've taken it to something so literal and superficial that it kind of misses the point. And loss and grief is a daily thing. Like, I can just, this is an example, like having this beautiful conversation with my sister, you know, I can feel after I get it, you know, there is a bliss and then also a slight pang of loss as soon as it's finished, because knowing that this conversation will never be had again, but you know, we've, re we've recorded it. So, yeah, so that's amazing, know, yeah. but you can't record every single part of your life. And then you'll, there's times where, you know, the, those beautiful times the most beautiful times in your life will always be tinged with a little bit of loss. Yeah. And, and vice versa. It's just, it's life and death. You know, it's, it's such, it is what life is about. Yeah. It's learning those. It's a beautiful rhythm and dance, isn't it? Like life's this dance of these ups and downs and twirls and spins and times of feeling out of breath and then times of feeling in bliss. And yeah. I think sometimes when we get so fixated on, on, on weight especially for women when we get fixated like the whole I need to get my post baby body back or something um we actually can miss so much beauty each day and so much um that life has to offer us when we're focused on that and often I see a lot that when we focus so much on that it often counter counteracts doesn't it we try yeah. so hard to do the whole weight loss and then it ends up ends up counteracting on us and I see a lot of women yeah, struggling we're not to present like, in our life we, we, yeah, we can't like, enjoy our life yet while yeah we're yeah they're like I'm holding on to all this weight I don't know why because I'm doing all the right things I'm doing all the exercise I'm doing I'm starving myself and I'm like well that's probably it right there yeah. but like we're all guilty of that like yeah. totally hands up guilty of it um, and I think that's another thing for us women too we're often quick to comment each other on how we are looking which is lovely. And, but then also sometimes it's actually picking out some of the other characteristics, like, especially with my girls, I'm like, man, like your smile just lights up the room, you know, like, I really love the way you're treating your other sibling. Like that's, you know, got, you, like actually looking at other aspects, not just our appearances. I think sometimes yeah. we're so trained to always praise the appearances, like, oh, yeah. you're looking beautiful today. But sometimes it's like, man, you just have your spirit is just full of sunshine. Like you just light me up and make me so happy, you know, like not make me happy. Like, you know, you bring that love into the room and just praising them for how they treat each other um, can actually make a huge difference. 
yeah. and definitely commenting each other on like um you know we, we love it when someone notices something in us um but for me what I've seen over the years that the true beauty that shines through is something that shines out of someone when they've been doing their inner work there's this glow about them there's this lightness about them there's this love their peace and that actually supersedes all artificial appearances is that I don't know you probably know someone in your life right now you're thinking of them that when how they make you feel like them as a person that peace about them is that's actually a real beautiful thing yeah, it's the ultimate that makes sense right? yeah yeah and that's what we're trying to connect to and keep the focus on and we'll stumble and trip yeah. because of our conditioning so bear with us while we do that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, far, cool. by all means we are totally on this journey and I'm totally still um find myself with like mm, that thinking's not quite right um yeah. I'm totally trying to get my head around still I know for me it's making sure I get enough protein during the day because I know that's yeah. probably where yeah. I you can just really focus on the protein intake and yeah and and be thinking of more protein and just yeah. eating Lots of leaky protein is like yeah. possible for you. You don't actually have to worry about too much of the other stuff in terms of, you know, as in calorie counting or any like hmm. weight loss thing. But if, I, I often, if, if weight loss is what you're looking for, this is probably not going to be the podcast for you. <laughs> no, but to be honest, the less if I don't actually get adequate protein during the day and adequate um, hydration, I think that's when I actually crave the sugar at night yeah. that's actually when I have the most cravings at night it's actually because I've had a deficit during the day and it backfires on you at the night um so I definitely find when I haven't actually loved I actually think about it I haven't actually loved and nourished my body enough during the day and then at the night it's just rebels on me <laughs> um and so it, it's having those and it doesn't have to be costly because I know that some people feel like, man, these days to eat healthy costs so much. I find just having a stash of hard-boiled eggs in the fridge really handy for me because yeah. um, I can quickly peel them and, and have... If you can't them. do that, then, you know, pick your favourite protein and next time you cook it, just do a bigger batch. And, like, yeah. I mean, I've been known to have... Um, this is, like, for cooking prep sometimes too. I'm not always well prepared, but when I do, I'm having like even just cooked chicken pieces or cooked yeah. like even just plain cooked mince. I mean, you can reuse that for a meal, which is handy too, but just having just having something cooked and handy. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a total big believer. I always do two chickens, strip those things clean, bone broth and have yeah. the, some chicken meat in the fridge because I just find it so handy for sandwiches, so handy just to throw someone with some lettuce for lunch. I love also always having some roast pumpkin cut up ready to go to to kind of make a salad or something. But yeah. I, honestly, I'm not good at this all the time. I want to tell you right I, now. I do, find, I, I do find it's easier if I if I can make sure that I get that protein like a really good protein like breakfast hmm. um I don't do intermittent fasting anymore that's another story, <laughs> another I, story. Find, I find my body really requires some nourishment like 30 yeah. minutes after getting up so that's often yeah. why in my morning little kind of um wake me up little workout routine is often only 15 20 minutes then I have some food and then I get the kids sorted because I found that what I used to do was I was actually getting trying to Eat squeeze in I was trying to squeeze in my whole 45 minute kind of workout in and then I was rushing to get all the kids sorted. I was a bit stressed out. And yeah. then once they were all gone, I quickly grabbed something to eat before I had to run out the door to do something else. And I found that was not serving me well, that yeah. by then I was actually too hungry, too dehydrated. Yeah. Um, I was quite snappy at the kids trying to get them on the bus and get them out and ready. Yeah. So I found like, okay, Ali, first. I was like, okay. <laughs> How about you actually shorten what you're doing in the morning? Yeah. Just do something little. Then if you can find some time during the day to do something in a bit more relaxed pace, that's probably going to do a lot better for you, a lot better for my muscles, a lot better for my body because I actually needed some nourishment. Because I know a huge thing, a, a lot of women I hear, they only drink a cup of coffee till late morning lunchtime. And that's yeah. not and, actually that great for you. And that's quite popular at the moment with the intermittent fasting. But that... Um, a lot of intermittent fasting is based on the, the male body, not the female body. Um, 
I'd like to get talking more. It's not something I'm an expert at, but like more on working out with women's cycles. cycles. I would really love, I think that's definitely next week's podcast is, <laughs> is understanding the cycle. Cause I, I fully believe that too. I've really been, you know, quite interested in that lately is how to exercise for my time of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people, a, a lot of women, I talk to are really suffering with hormones. Um, hormones is a huge thing. Also, that links into the whole weight thing. Oh, totally. And it's a hormone issue. And and really, it's about reading what to really simplify it. What is the key thing of what makes it work is being able to read your own sensation and read your own energy and respond to what your energy levels are at the time. The um, menstrual cycle actually just gives you a framework to kind of work out that generally women's energy levels kind of go in that, um, you know, that in accordance with your menstrual cycle. Um, And that's a really good way to kind of get more in tune with that. But there is a few other different ways. So I'll actually... Yeah, we'll Let's talk that, about that yeah. as well. We can wrap today's up. Let's wrap today's hanger that next week. Well, because I think honestly, hormones, women, I think this is actually probably where a lot of the weight stuff is at is with this hormone issue. So we'll definitely talk about yeah. that more That's next week. Stress and the cycling. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed this, got something out of it. Once again, <laughs> it's just us having a conversation like you're with yeah. us, um, going for a walk, having a chit chat just yeah. kind of unpacking some things and encouraging you to, um, if you're interested in any of the things that we've kind of brought up today, you're more than welcome to reach out on us. Um, we'll put a link in the bio with both of our socials. We'd love to hear from you. Also, we have the sister community um, page yeah. that you can be a you part can, of. You can, you can actually sort of um, join our um, community page, our Facebook page, and, you know, we can answer it. If you've got any questions, you can actually contact us through that. You probably could even message us if you don't want to put a post in that group, that that's fine too. Of anything that you want us to talk more about or you have questions about, you can reach us there. Ali does, um, I'm just going to throw in here. (laughs) Yeah, Ali has a really great um, YouTube channel, lots of resources of like little quick workouts. If you want to have something to, um, you know, inspire or work along with, she's got some It's creating those little healthy habits each day. And I just want to really make things accessible. And I know Sarah's like this too. We just want to bless other women, make it accessible and just be like, hey, we're here. You can do this. And um, we have shit going on in our life that we want to share because we know that all of us have this stuff going on. Because yeah. sometimes I think people can think that we've got it all together. You've got it all together. And it's like, well, really, I think we're all here struggling in the trenches together. Yeah. And we just want to really open up some of those questions and help out. And I just feel like my sister has just such this amazing wealth of knowledge about the body. So I'm constantly calling her like, ah, <laughs> Help me, help me. Well, we, we, we reflect off each other. Yeah. Um, in regards to what I do, um, uh, if you jump onto my social media, um, I'm in Instagram, Sarah Corey Holistic Pilates. We'll have some links there. Um, some great everyday little bits of advice that will really open some things up for you. I'm, I'm running a course at the moment, but I will in future pop a link into that so you can actually get in touch with me and learn a little bit more how you can be more sensory um attuned with uh not only for your movement but also within your life um and there's support there too so we look forward to talking more about you know what we're both doing um and also having more delicious conversations with you so thank you for joining us Thank you so much for joining us today on the Sister Co podcast. Make sure you share this with some friends, some family that you might think might help. Or say, hey, I'm trying to find out how I can be support for you. Here's a good resource, a good podcast that can open some conversations to what support might look different. Especially yeah. I know um, in different um, generations, what we think is support and what they think is support. Um, we're just really trying to open up and bring in that conversation to make healthy relationships with one another. So thank you so much for joining us and we look forward to coming back again and next week thanks guys to be here again yeah take care